Hello, welcome to the World Cafe Podcast. This podcast has been designed with curated content that centers on the power of words. Can we really do anything without speaking? Can we really do anything without the agency of words? Yes, that is what this podcast is all about. And I am your host, Amakri Isowe, your neighborhood word trader. I believe in the power of words, for it is the unit of creation. I trade in words to profit my world. Okay, hi, good evening everybody, good morning, good afternoon, and good everything, wherever you're joining from. Yes, welcome to the World Cafe Live show. Uh, It's been an exciting, it's been an exciting uh, day for for me here, you know, we've been having uh, wonderful discussions around work, the future of work, and all that, and it's been awesome, awesome. How's your day been? Wonderful. I know, wonderful. Mine has been great, great, great. Today, I have someone, yes, don't worry, we'll bring him in the way we usually do, you understand? Yep. I have somebody to discuss something I consider very interesting and uh, crucial to the future of work. What's that? Blockchain. Yes, blockchain. Uh, blockchain technology. It's been, it's been around for a while. It's been around for a while, but you know, a lot of us don't have uh, a good knowledge of it, how it works and all that. So today we are going to uh, talk about it, yes. So, the blockchain technology, it's one technology that has disrupted uh, the global stage in terms of collaborations, uh, payments, and all that. But a lot of us are still, should I say, at sea when we talk about blockchain you know and how it works so that is what we want to talk about this evening yeah it's good to have you here you know what one beautiful thing about this uh what i call it era we're in uh is real time is live things are happening things are unfolding so it's not like you're you're editing and uh, cut this part. No, join here. No, it's happening real time. So we'll deal with it. Before before you came on, I was telling, I was just uh, introducing the subject and the person behind the subject. But like yeah. I always tell them on the show, I I, I I don't like introducing the guest the way mm, that is traditionally done. I rather allow the guest to introduce himself or herself so that I mean, we, got, we we get to know you because nobody knows you like you do know yourself. So this is Shadrach Kubayan with us on the World Cafe Live Show. So who is Shadrach? Let's get to meet Shadrach. Ah, uh, thank you kindly. You know, Shadrach, 
uh, if I if I put it forward, I'm a born diplomat, meaning from mm. a very young age, I've had to speak up to eight languages, now 11. And speak, all thanks sorry, to... You ele- did you say 11? I speak 11 languages, all thanks to being born at the intersection of three regions in South Africa. I think in, in Nigeria and in the U.S. it's referred to as states, but in, in, yeah. in South Africa it's referred to as regions or provinces. So being born at the intersection of three, not one, not two, but three, it meant that I would wake up in the morning, fend for food or go and hunt in one province or state and come back and then go and fetch dinner in another state in the evening so that's all that's a bit of a background of course i took that, that diplomacy through corporate shot out some lights uh, in corporate my last corporate job was with deloitte i then safe landed into management consulting and entrepreneurship we shut out the lights in that entrepreneurship space moved one entity from a taxi rank in a 500 us dollar position into two million us dollars and that's how I segued into becoming the blockchain baron of Africa. You are indeed. <laughs> I like the way you presented that, you know, like taking it from when it all began at a young age and, you know, trailing it up until this moment. Fantastic, fantastic. Now, the blockchain technology, uh, yes. it's new and at the same time, it's not new. Uh, it's yeah. been around maybe say five, six, about years. eleven, about eleven, 11. Years. about yes. eleven years. But uh, it, you know, it, it, was, the... it was it was assembled in 1990, but it okay. only found a practical use case through Bitcoin eleven years ago. Good. So uh, we we have the guru in the house today to talk to tell. I mean, talk us through blockchain technology. So. It has come to disrupt a lot of things. And, you know, like in Africa, somebody said something once, which I took an exception to, but somehow he's correct. You know, that if you want to deceive the African, the black man, put it in the book. Uh, and I said, why do you say that? Is it that we don't like reading or what? But when I came across you explaining blockchain, I said, no, I have to bring Shadrach on this show for him to talk about blockchain, you know, so that the the general public in Africa, if you want to use that word, will come to appreciate blockchain and embrace it. So what is blockchain all about? Uh, very, very great question. My departure point uh, and, and much, much gratitude to the audiences who have tuned in at this point and much gratitude for your Ketia's hosting. Blockchain is a digital ledger. That's a departure point right there because I'm going to be working with this working definition. Blockchain is a digital, immutable, tamper-proof ledger that enables trade to be centralized on one digital ledger so that all parties, without being in silos, can actually actually grab a hold of this single digital ledger where it has become the epicenter of trade. And personally, I believe the best way to explain blockchain is not just through a working definition, but through a working scenario. Let me give you a scenario. Uh, Say in Nigeria or in Ghana, the, 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 the cocoa farmers have always felt that they were getting a raw deal from the 
countless middlemen that are, exist between the farm and the sheep. One of the reasons why it, uh, before blockchain arrives in that situation, that uh, those multiple ledgers where everybody, everybody's got their own ledger. Everyone is keeping their own records. Everyone is kind of like shielding whatever is on their ledger. A, a lack of visibility is bad for trade. Lack of visibility is actually a, 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 a fertile ground for distrust and for inequality. So why I'm saying that is because if you ask, who are those that are setting globally the, 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 the commodity pricing for raw cocoa? Who are they? You find that not a single one of them is actually based in Africa where 80% of cocoa outputs come from Africa. But those that set the commodity prices, we'll find that they're in the West. What did they base those pricing benchmarks on for raw cocoa, number one? Number two, how many middlemen exist between the farm and the sheep? And what justifies their presence? You see, if they all come with their little nodes and we centralize them on the ledger, central for the farmer to see, for the government to see, for the regulator to see, for the transporter to see, for the insurer to see. And even for decades to come, we can come back to that ledger and say, wait a minute, you are telling me that a, a, an Ethiopian coffee farmer slogged away but only received one cent out of a mug of coffee. They only got one cent, but somebody in Silicon Valley who has never been on a coffee farm in Africa, Colombia, or anywhere, but that person out of this, they get $10. Just explain the maths to me. The numbers are not adding up. So blockchain uh, democratizes access to a single ledger, uh, does away with cumbersome paperwork. I'll give an example. Moving a, a container shipment from from uh, uh, the, the, from the port in Kenya uh, during one of the experiment, IBM, our trade partner and technical yeah. partner, uh, uh, experimented moving that one container from there to to the Netherlands. It required uh, more than two hundred different paperwork between government, logistics partners, shipping agents, and all this. But blockchain kind of like centralizes everything into one ledger and before that shipment leaves Kenya before that shipment leaves Accra, Ghana, the Tima port and it's heading towards uh, maybe it's, it's heading towards London London already knows who is sending the container what is in the container what did it cost to actually secure or ensure the container and what are the teams involved or the players involved so that's see through supply chain effect is truly what Africa needs because the boogeyman has been lurking in the shadows and inflate prices and elbowing others out of the room and denying my fellow Africans a seat at the economic dinner table. The boogeyman must go and when he comes back, he must justify his presence in the room. He must justify his presence at the head of the dinner table and he must be open book. Like you said, uh, if you put it in a then the African man on fire. Now the African man is insisting, let everything be in the open book so that we can all look at the same ledger and we can do business. So how transparent is the transparency? Very, very transparent. Uh, let me explain it this way. Um, one, one, one shipment of raw cocoa leaving Ghana or leaving Nigeria heading to Switzerland, that one ship or that one container that one container 
might under normal circumstances involve up to 100 different hands from those that are sowing the seedlings, those that are cultivating, those that are harvesting, those that are pre-packaging, those that are, excuse me, loading yeah. the rock beans, those that are storing it in between, those that, are, those that are getting it on the ship, looking after it, insuring it, paperwork, customs, and, 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 and port authority handling, Hundred. Here's where the transparency comes in. Uh, I'm just going to use this here. Anybody that is part of that supply chain can scan a QR coding and they'll be able to see when and how and who. Meaning, uh, I'm, I'm going to introduce a, a terminology to your listeners, particularly to a supply chain uh, in yeah. blockchain. Uh, cryptocurrency in blockchain, something different. But supply chains in blockchain or, the, or a blockchain use case in supply chain means that uh, there, is a, there is a public ledger and there's a permit, then there's a permission ledger. Meaning, if you are a shipping agent, when you scan that shipment, you will receive data that is actually uh, uh, more in sync with your functions, more in sync with with the office you occupy. If I'm a consumer on the other side in in, in Switzerland and I'm actually taking that raw cocoa to, to, to funnel it into my manufacturing plant to make that signature Swiss chocolate, I will be allowed access to details that are relevant to me. If I'm a regulator and an analyst and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at whether the right tariffs codes uh, in terms of tax were applied and I'm a tax official, when I interact with that shipment that same ledger when I when I when I interact with this it will give me what's due to me so this permission ledger is not only transparent but has got the functions through embedded technology and and and, and, and cryptography to compartmentalize and positively discriminate deciding who sees what but those with the master access, meaning the regulators that have to do an audit, or maybe there is a contested shipment, or there's a dispute in the trade environment, now the master keys are used, and now a digital disputes can be can be presided over, and now it's an it, it's a no holds barred. We can now have an entire see through. So it's very see through. It's got a, a step up approach. It's got a compartmentalization of who needs to see what, but should a dispute hit the table, then then out comes the master key and we open up the books and those books will be like that. Should should I maybe feel uncomfortable and I want to edit certain parts of the ledger, it will show that on this day, Shadrach came in and he appears to have been on a certain wicked agenda because he edited certain things. There is no edit whatsoever that I can upload or minus from the ledger that will not leave a paper trail. And even if that is so, remember it's blockchain, meaning there's various blocks that exist in a chain. The other blocks in the chain need to concur with what I did in my own block or in my own node or part of the node. So very a uh, blockchain is a very collaborative technology and is a very much community driven and community aligned you minus the community you don't have a blockchain you just have a fancy layers of code the community is it's actually the blockchain the technology piece just enables the values of the community right now you you, you just 
you just took, took us to the next question because everything you've talked about so far is riding on the platform of technology, the internet, so to say. Now, in Africa, uh, we have a lot of struggles when it comes to our internet infrastructure. How do we overcome this? Because everything you have said so far points to that one singular fact or factor, the internet or technology. How do we overcome that? Uh, 40 years ago, that's a great question. 40 years ago, when uh, the, 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 the leader or the, the leader of the People's Republic of China, Deng Xiaoping, when he led a delegation to the West, to Germany, he, he led a delegation even back into Asia, to Singapore, to Japan, to observe just how backwards China had become. For 500 years, China has become closed up and has actually detached itself from international trade, has detached itself from international culture. And just to give you one particular example before I, 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 I lower the drone into answering your question, the, 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 the fastest speed train in Japan was doing 210 kilometers, but the fastest speed train in China was only doing 60 kilometers. What does that mean to the regulators, to the to those that are concerned with infrastructure in Africa? Lack of access to energy supply or electricity is no longer negotiable. It's actually become a human right. Lack of access to data or internet access in this era of digitization is no longer negotiable. It's a human right because to to play to the strengths of a country, of a sector, of a farm in this digital uh, fourth industrial revolution, uh, electricity is non-negotiable. Data access is non-negotiable. By being denied data, you are automatically being denied a seat at the economic dinner table. So. Uh, in South Africa particularly, I think Egypt on the entire continent has got the lowest, lowest data cost and data access. We need to see more and more countries seek ways to hold their telecoms giants uh, 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 to, to account and lower access and lower data cost. That's one. Two, we need to see more, even with the Africa continental free trade, we need to see more investment in data infrastructure, investment in electricity even at a nominal access because for us to talk blockchain we, we need to first speak access and you know what blockchain is, is, is actually non-cumbersome meaning even the most basic smartphone can be able to scan the QR code and enable the, 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 the scanner to participate in that to upload document to be able to a see-through element. However, you need this to be powered. This must be powered. This must exist. This must actually be hooked into a data protocol. So, yes, it has become very, very critical, even with COVID, for, for economies and countries to become pandemic-proofed by ensuring that their people are digitally savvy. China realized and, and actually put out the four pillars of modernization, 
which is accelerate uh, 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 accelerate digitizing agriculture or tech or equip or, or what do you call it smart agriculture uh, accelerate uh, uh, education and technology accelerate uh, access to to, to 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 the kind of service skills that, that that speaks to where the globe is going Singapore did the same and you know what we, we are at a point whereby if we can no longer gloss over these things of yeah those farmers don't have access to electricity let's live with no 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 no. whether you're a farmer or an accountant access to electricity is a human right and access to blockchain that gives you a see-through effect does not hide the book away from the black man is what we need it's non-negotiable 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 now the community you just referred to one thing that drives community is collaboration you know i remember listening to one of your uh discourse with i think uh you you made mention of the currency of collaboration that the new currency so i wanted to just throw more light on that how do we get ourselves into that element of collaboration yes helping each other in africa Brilliant question, brilliant question indeed. I'm going to have a non-blockchain input on that and then I'll bring my input. I will lend it into the blockchain angle. Hmm. If you are an accountant in Africa, gone are the days where you can exist in isolation. If you are a banker in Africa, gone are the days where you can exist in isolation. If you are a developer, a programmer, a farmer, whichever trade you have, there are there is strength in numbers, meaning collaboration is the new economy and therefore collaboration is the new currency. What does that mean exactly? Let, let me unpack it for you. If, if you are a farmer in uh, maybe uh, in the vicinity of Accra or in the vicinity of Abuja, you need to know the other farmers in your ecosystem. And gone are the days where you see them as enemies or as, 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 as hostiles. You need to see them as strategic partners because imagine if all 200 of you buy only 20 tractors rather than each of you being, uh, 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 being crushed under the weight of of having to have your own tractor, your own cultivator, your own watering mechanisms. There are there are resources that you can actually collaborate around because the, the sense of community is one of the essential human elements that we seem to have lost in our liberation in the past. Where I'll give an example. Uh, Look at look at the look at the ECOWAS across Nigeria, Ghana, and just West Africa. Are they an ECOWAS uh, a, a framework on paper, or are they an ECOWAS actually in trade and in implementation? Gone are the days where we can carry our flags and parade and say we are together. If we are not together, then we lack the collaboration as a trade currency. We must be together. No longer should farmers or accountants put up a front we must be together for real because the the cyclones that we have to weather on the other side of COVID, they require a united force they require a united industry they require united countries and united individuals so uh, to, to, to the listeners out there 
if collaboration is not your strongest skill, if if networking is not your strongest skill, you may want to put everything down and actually make it your vertical priority to know how to identify uh, like-minded similarities, like-minded goals, and like-minded direction in order to 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 to, to actually uh, 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 collaborate. I mean, look at birds. When birds are migrating from Europe to South Africa to Isimanga Liso in in mm. Kazulu or in Devon, they move in a formation. Exactly. But when I see human beings, they want to fly solo. Then they lack they lack the benefit of the collective. So. That is in general. Whatever trade you are in, as a professional, as an entrepreneur, or even as a diplomat, or a, or, or an analyst, or even or, or even a policymaker, you you are stronger in numbers. But in blockchain, unlike the other emerging technologies, artificial intelligence, machine learning, and robotics, and others. Blockchain is a collaborative technology. You minus the community, you no longer have te- you no longer have technology. So uh, you know what? The, the 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 clock is tripped. The days of flying solo are over. And particularly for blockchain, don't go into blockchain if you, you if you don't have it in you to wanna play well with others, to wanna work well with others. Stay away from blockchain. You will burn your fingers. You will burn your fingers. The only way to survive in the universe of blockchain is embrace collaboration. Now, cryptocurrency is an aspect of blockchain. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's correct. All right. Can we throw some light on cryptocurrency? You know, when you hear that word crypto or cryptic, people just look at it as that. That thing is dangerous. Are you sure it's something we can embrace? Cryptocurrency in blockchain. Can we throw more light on it? You know, I want to firstly agree with you. Cryptocurrency is very dangerous. Let me just throw a spanner in the works. It's dangerous to the powers that be. It is dangerous to the fiat currencies that have been hogging the limelight. It is dangerous to those whose interests are vested in protecting and maintaining the world order as it is. But what is a danger to one man is a friend to another. Those that are tired of actually playing into the remittances game, whereby if I have to send money from the U.S. to Accra or from the U.S. to any part of Africa, I have to contend with with a surcharge of stationary expenses of maybe for every hundred dollars that I send, I have to actually part uh, in the form of expenses of uh, with between 20 to 30 uh, US dollars. That is sinful. That is illegal. So yes, uh, cryptocurrency uh, and tokenization and let's look at it as the digital version of the traditional money or traditional currencies. That digital version which runs on the blockchain meaning that the traceability of each coin be it Bitcoin, be it an Ethereum coin, be it Doge, I mean Dog coin, whatever coin we're talking about is not running on the traditions of the fiat currencies. Let me explain. The fiat currencies meant that for every dollar that comes out of my pocket, uh, what do you call it? The issuer, the issuer of it has actually attached it or hedged it or secured its value to actually a gold bar somewhere or a gold vault somewhere. Yeah. Now, with 
blockchain the oh, issuer becomes a a, a, a crypto a, a crypto miner who has actually mined that currency meaning just think about a community of individuals that actually go like actually we are producing a coin today and we think everything checks out about it does it check out to you does it check out to you and just imagine at the same time up to up to 100,000 crypto miners actually uh, becoming democratized inspectors yeah no this checks out this is actually a real coin it's digital it can be traced it can be bought it can be bought as an investment it can actually be used in trade so that is really the high level logic around cryptocurrency where this uh, this crypto mining are actually mining for the coin itself in a similar way that africa had to mine for gold and oh. mine for resources that later on are hedged or attached to the fiat currencies this time digitally we see more and more communities using significant amount of electricity in order to mine for the coins themselves a whole lot of processes go in there once they are mined they are availed onto the mainstream then they can be used as a currency i think one of the challenges in africa is that our understanding of money is a bit has got a bit of a shortfall money is value value we attach to goods value we use to trade and i think somebody even mentioned that a pay slip is a is a certificate of performance meaning you have performed therefore i generate a slip to actually award or reward your performance so money is like that so the concept of money we've been carried away is not about the quarter or is not about is not about the peso or the rand is not about the naira it's about the value attached currency so cryptocurrency has become a neutral uh, uh, what do you call it standalone non fiat currency does not tied into the pol- uh, uh, politicism of money does not tied into the valuing or devaluing the seesaw effect cryptocurrency stands alone and is actually led by the people which is funny because if you read democracy which is a prevailing uh, a political system is a government by the people for the people that's my kindergarten explanation so therefore cryptocurrency is a currency by the people for the people in the interest of the people So why are we running away from it? Most of the central banks in I mean in in Africa they are running away from uh cryptocurrency. Why? What's the reason? I don't blame them for running away. I don't blame them. Maybe if I was them I'll run even faster. I promise you. Uh, I don't blame them for running away. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it right, but I don't blame them for running away. Here is why. Here is why. any economy listen let me now put on my economist hat any economy any when i say any it means at a national level at a state level at a community level even at a level of a household or one one household mm. any economy has got embedded into it a power brokerage dynamic What does that mean? It means that the custodians of the old order, 
that were using the traditional currencies, that were using the traditional currency methods, that were they have some 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 power brokers that they made promises to. Now, when there's this digital wave advancing towards the interest of those power brokers, that digital weight that digital wave is going to rattle the hornet's nest. I don't blame them. I can see what's happening here. The hornet's nest or the power center is being threatened. So therefore, let's try all we can to try and preserve the power center. So they are only preserving what has been paying their salary. They are only preserving what has been keeping them awake. Uh, but it's only a matter of time. You can cryptocurrencies because I, I truly don't want to call it cryptocurrencies you can fight transparency you can mm-hmm. fight transparency but you can you can delay it but you cannot you cannot delete it you cannot deny it so it's only a matter of time before we all come to our senses and realize that a new economic order of a digital kind is unfolding and we all need to swallow uh, our humble pie and our pride aside and tell the old guard that the new guards are emerging the new billionaires are emerging the people have spoken the people are a digital tribe so we ought to hearken to their needs because we govern because the people put us into seats to govern so if we don't listen to the people i see trouble brewing on the horizon so yes uh, there's a whole lot of temper i mean uh, 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 temper tantrums being thrown i mean India did that as well in 2018 around february they actually just tried to shut down crypto well you can try and shut down a currency but you cannot shut down the people's need to actually run an economy from their phones. You cannot shut down transparency. You cannot shut down collaboration. Try and ask uh, those that face the Arab Spring. They will tell you that if the people arise and they want to see uh, what prioritizes them, what benefits them, whether it's a currency or it's a direction of a movement, you cannot stop them. It's an idea whose time has come. No army in the world can stop it. They can delay it. They can frustrate it. They can slow it down, but they cannot stop it. They cannot delete it. They can only delay it. I got that word. Oh, Shadrach, I feel your energy is palpable here. Ah, We can go on and on and on and on and on, but you know, time is not our friend. I just looked at the clock done almost an hour. I said, whoa, what have we been talking about? It, it feels like we'll be talking about for just five minutes or something. Before I let you go, what do you see for the future in... Uh, you're muted. Can you unmute? Oh, yes, oh, Alright, sorry. Uh, what do you see for the future of blockchain in Africa? Say the next mm, five years. Thanks for that. I'm going to take the five year, the five year, uh, the five year uh, bar and just move it forward to 14 years. Okay. In 14 years from now, we will be arriving at the 1st of January 2035. That's not far. For the benefit of your listeners, I've done the calculations. 
14 years ago or 2035 later, 2035 is only 713 Saturdays away. In 713 Saturdays from today, from this conversation, Africa's population is going to double to more than 2 billion. So if we are still having these temper tantrums of which, which currency needs to be in the right place, if we are still having uh, uh, shortfalls in our food, because 80% of Africa's food four years ago came from outside Africa, that is disgusting and it must stop. So we need to get our youth. But by 2035, we will have more than 600 million youth. We will be the youngest continent in the world. We need to get our youth to be capacitated to build the Africa we want. So where I see blockchain by then is that blockchain will be the order of the day. Transparency, nothing less, nothing more will be the order of the day. No longer can we explain to the children of the farmer why for four generations they have been given a raw deal. For four generations they have been starving while they are farming. For four generations accountants on the continent could just work as CAs, can work as auditors, but they could never open their own bank. So where, where, I, where I see blockchain is that blockchain is going to be more than the Denzel Washington movie called the, the, the Equalizer. Blockchain mm-hmm. is the equalizer. It's going to equalize trade. It's going to equalize opportunities. It's going to equalize and eliminate inequalities. No longer can we, by 2035, speak about the unbanked because they will be using digital currencies. They won't need to go to the bank. On their phone, their phone will be the bank. So by 2035, we'll also see the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement uh, that is aiming to lift 30 million people out of poverty on the continent. Blockchain is here to help with the heavy lifting. Blockchain is here to lower barriers to entry, to lower the ports, to enable intercontinental Africa trade. It can be put in a policy by the free trade agreement, but blockchain is here to attach wheels to it and actually materialize the Africa we want, where sending things from South Africa, Johannesburg, to you in Nigeria or to somebody else in Accra, Ghana, is not four times more expensive than bringing those same goods in from China, bringing in those same goods in from India. That is unacceptable. So with blockchain, the barriers are being lowered, the costs are being lowered, and the middleman is being told to be relieved of his duties, to go home, because the Africa we want must be materialized on the blockchain with transparency and with cost efficiencies. Where is Abednego? Where is Meshach? Shadrach is here. Your energy means something else. It's just off the chart. Oh, guys, we've been discussing with Shadra Kobian uh, all the way from South Africa. He has a wonderful knowledge when it comes to blockchain. I know you've been having a swell time, but uh, we need to let Shadra go. Please don't say no when we call on you again, Shadra. Don't say no, because I know my listeners would want to hear more from you. But before I let you go, one final word from you. You know, here's a word to the listeners. Those that are in blockchain or they are not in blockchain. One of my, uh, one of our associates, uh, Professor Ndubuisi Ekwekwe, 
He is a very, known. A very, a very known name. I know him. <laughs> indeed, indeed. He is a household name yes, with the Tekelia the Kelia Institute. Yeah. A, 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 a really, really a fine man. He is known to have said that countries rise when leaders rise. Meaning, whatever domain or sphere of society or industry or profession your audiences, or rather, I, I mean, our audiences of Wet Cafe find themselves, they must rise because it will not take Shadrach, it will, it will not take Amakre in order to materialize the Africa we want. It will take every single one of us in our own spheres of influence to step up to the plate. Because, in the words of Prof. Ndubuisi, continents rise, countries rise, industries rise when leaders rise. So, in the words of a certain young man from America, I think his name is Eminem, he said, will the real Slim Shady please stand up? We don't need Slim Shady. We don't know who he is. He is shady already. Blockchain doesn't want it. Will the real African leaders in wherever their position, will they please rise up? And we will surely rise. Guys, we have to draw the curtain here. This is your neighborhood world trader, Amakri Isoboye. I believe in the power of words because it is the unit of creation. Shedrach, thank you for coming and hope to have you again on the show. Thank you so, so much. We have to go now, people. Bye for now. Bye, Shedrach. Much gratitude. To be continued. To To be be continued. I agree. Thank you. Thank you you so much. Thank Thank you. you. Thank Thank you you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. some time it has been with you on the world cafe podcast today thank you for being there you can catch me up on my social media handles twitter facebook linkedin instagram all at amakri isoboye also you can get copies of my books a cocktail of words the color of words and my hr notebook on amazon and on Robin Heights online bookstores. You can also subscribe to my YouTube page at the same address. Yes, till we see you again. Bye for now.